All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. A new era of NBA basketball is ushered in tonight. Victor Wembanyama hailed as the most hyped NBA prospect since LeBron James makes his regular season debut tonight in San Antonio against Dallas. The kid wants to play as much as possible. Yes, you got to love hearing this. Possibly every game. Every game, if there's no excessive risk for my health, he says. Of course, I can't predict the future, but I want to play every single game. Of course, this is not going to happen. For one, 10 players appeared in all 82 games last season. Only one rookie among the bunch. Then there's the fact that he plays for the Spurs, who pioneered the load management movement. The guys, though, are joined right now by another former number one overall pick. Take it away, gents. Yes, uh, if we want to learn what it's like to be a, a big man with expectations going into the NBA, yeah. uh, we need look no further than Patrick Ewing, who joins us now here. And, and Patrick, we appreciate your time this morning. First off, when you hear that, a, a young player talking about wanting to play all 82 games as if it's some novelty here, do you sort of <laughs> chuckle given the era of basketball that you came up in? Oh, definitely. First of all, good morning, good morning, guys. Um, and yes, I, I do chuckle. Um, in my era, you go into this season thinking and believing that you're going to play all 82 games and hopefully make the playoffs um, unless you get injured. Uh, you know, but then this era of load management and all the different things, it's, uh, I'm, it's like a breath of, breath of fresh air hearing him saying that. So you you were with back with Charlotte now as a coaching consultant. You were with them thirteen to seventeen, then head coach at your alma mater at Georgetown. So you're dealing with these kinds of players. So how is it from now a coaching standpoint 
to have to work in something you never had to work in as a player on when you're going to rest a guy. Yeah, you know, but you know, you in order to be a an effective coach, no matter you know what level you're coaching at, you have to change with the times. Um, you you want your guys to to be able to play as many minutes and as as long as uh, as many games as they possibly can. But you have to listen to uh, the doctors and to the trainers and whatever their the feedback they're giving you. That's what you based uh, your decision on. So they're going to have those decisions to make. We're going to have Victor Wembanyama to watch tonight. We mentioned you were number one overall pick. Do you remember the feelings going into your first NBA regular season game, the way he's going to go through tonight? You know, uh, the big difference is he was able to play. I think he played two uh, summer league games. I didn't play in the summer league when I when I came out. And I remember my first game was against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Dr. J, I looked up to Dr. J growing up. I was a big Dr. J fan. Uh, Moses Malone was on that team. I remember getting a tip dunk. I got a tip dunk over Moses Malone. And I can remember they, 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 they're blasting. The Patrick Ewing era started. But Moses, uh, after that, I got that dunk. He went, kept, he went and kicked my butt the rest <laughs> of the game. But um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of emotions for him. This is something that he's uh, dreamt about and worked towards. Uh, and then now the day is finally here. He has already been drafted. He was number one. And he gets to go out and play in a regular season game to try to help his, his, his Spurs uh you know, repeat like Tim Duncan and, and, and David did. So, you know, in our sport, my son and I in football, the we always talk about the biggest difference from college to the NFL is speed. What is it in basketball, whether it used to be when kids could come from high school or now one year out of college or come from Europe, when they come to the NBA, what for you and what do you think today is the biggest difference for players when they come into the NBA? Well, the speed is still going to be a, a, it's a big difference in terms of uh, everybody now. They're all great athletes. So the speed, the decision-making, uh, decision uh, the basketball knowledge, learning how to, you know, uh, also not knowing how to rest in, uh, in terms of uh, the nightlife and all that stuff. Most of the, and especially when I play, most of the people I played against were all grown men. Now all of the guys that they're playing against, the league is a lot younger than when I played. So most of them, uh, they've already uh, seen or played against these guys growing up in AAU by basketball. But I think, you know, the speed is still there, the strength. I think that's one of the things, you know, uh, when, when Miyaba, uh, I can't pronounce his name. Yeah. Call him uh, Victor. <laughs> Victor. I, that's the biggest thing Victor is going to have to do. It, it, he doesn't have to get bigger and stronger, but I mean bigger, but just definitely stronger to be able to withstand the grind of the 82 games and then hopefully playoffs. As someone that made their living on the block and has seen plenty of, of big guys you mentioned starting your career playing against Moses Malone, have you ever seen anything like this length that he's bringing to the party right now? If you're if you're scouting him as an opposing player, as an opposing big man with his skill set, what does worry you the most about him? Well, um, everything. <laughs> he's 7'4". <seven, laughs> he plays like a guard. He shoots the ball like a guard. He handles it like a guard. So... I think the best the, the you the main thing you try to do is, is be as physically as, as you can with him within the rules. Um, try to keep him um, on the perimeter, even though that's where he he, he prefers to be. Um, but just make him work, make him work for everything. 
And then you have to be able to go at him at the other end. And there's only a few other bigs uh, in, in, in our league that can can do that, which is Embiid and, and Jokic. So you, yeah, and Giannis, you talk about the bigs that can play away from the ball and pass very, extremely well. We, we always talk about things in, in sports, Patrick, that are cyclical. They're there and then they go away, but then they come back. Will the will the true five ever come back in the NBA? I'm hoping that. I'm hoping <laughs> that. Um, even though they are they're they're guys, you know, I think the guys that are are there, the, you know, those those uh names that I the three names that I, that I just threw out, they could play in any era. Um, you know, they 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 can be physical, they can score on the block and also uh, you know, on the perimeter. Um and my game was I think that I scored on the block. Most of my points was on the block, but I, I would also myself and Akeem, we could get uh, come off the block. We didn't shoot threes, uh, but we came off the block and uh, was able to face up and, and uh, play on the on the perimeter as well. Is there any guy among those three that you enjoy watching the most that either reminds you of parts of your game or you just appreciate the way they attack the process? Um, I appreciate all three of them, all three of them. Um, Jokic. Uh, he is amazing. I mean, even like you look at the game last night. His first, the first game out, he got a triple double. Um, you know, Embiid is athletic, and you know he's he can score at uh, all three. All three of them can score at all three levels. They can put it on the floor. They can get to the hole. They can make the passes. Um, uh, they'll dunk on you. They'll shoot the three. Uh, I think uh, Giannis is the is the is not the best shooter out of the three of them, but he's the, the things that he can do, uh, his mindset. Uh, I, I love all three of them. And so looking at the, you know, we talked about the start of the season for, I'll go back again to our sport. It's 17 games. Each week is unbelievably important games with just 17 the NBA, you know, it's 82, hockey 82, baseball, you know, 162. So while the beginning of the season, obviously game number one, you're starting out and you know, there's a lot of adrenaline going, how do you treat the beginning of the season as you lay out for an 82-game season? Well, you know, it's funny. Jeff Van Gunn used to always say it's a, it's a, a sprint but a marathon. <laughs> you know, it's a long season, but you want to get out, uh, get out the block fast and, you know, but you also have to maintain uh, – maintain uh maintain your speed um so uh, the goal is you want to be able to win as many games as you can to set yourself up for the real season which is the playoff um i know that the, the league has changed now with the with the the uh in season tournament so but you still want to be at uh be in position to hopefully uh put just uh be able to win a championship you mentioned the in-season tournament, some of the changes around the sport. Would that do it for you as a player? Is that the kind of thing that over the course of a long season would get you more excited or fire up your competitive juices in the way Adam Silver hopes it will? Well, you know, I think I didn't need that to to be – I was self-motivated. I, 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 you know, I'm like everybody else. I dreamt about being at this position in my life to be able to do the things I was able to do. Basketball has afforded me a lot of great things. Um so I think, you know, sometimes you have, like I said earlier, that you have to be able to, to be able to adjust to what society is looking, what society is looking at, uh, also to make sure that, you know, the load manager part of, of the, of the, 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 the sport is, 
is creeping in and fans are kind of tired of that. So they're trying to do different things to make sure that they keep the interest of, of, of or the support of the fans. So I think that the commissioner is doing everything he possibly can to make sure that stays on course. Uh, interesting. You won a couple of gold medals, 84 in Los Angeles. and Just a couple? Just a couple, man. Just a couple of gold medals. I, I know. Oh, and, man. And, and, I can say but, that's the most fired up I've seen. That that is, a little bit you here know what? I, said, I apologize. Because, gold. I apologize because I am an Olympic freak. And <laughs> to have a gold medal put around your neck, 84 in Los Angeles, then 92 in Barcelona with that incredible team. We've seen the men's side basketball you know, struggle and FIBA, you know, right. still winning the Olympic goals, but FIBA struggle. And now, now LeBron and some of the top stars talking about playing. What, what's your thought about that, about getting the, the top guys back in the international play? I, I think it's great. Um, but you also, you know, when you look at all these other countries, most of these countries are represented in the NBA. So basketball is definitely – I think ever since 92, the popularity of basketball world, worldwide has, has improved. And now you see all these great players who are in our league, uh, are you know, they're playing for these other countries. Uh, so, you know, I think that it's great that uh, the, the, our best players from the United States be able to, you know, represent the country and go over there and, and show the rest of the world what, uh, what America is all about. All right, Patrick, Patrick, so, so I, I saw it. you went on NBA Today the other day and you inserted yourself a little bit in the GOAT debate. You said you'd be Michael Jordan out here in this era of basketball right now. I'm interested in the context of this. Why do you think you'd be so dominant in this current era? Uh, you know, it's, I, I just think that when you look at the, the NBA, when, when I played, it was way more physical in it than it is this game. And it's all about offense. You got to be able to, it's free flowing. So all the physicality that I had to endure against uh, in my era, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't happen uh, in this era. So, um, you know, I was tough. I was hard nosed. I was going, you know, score on the block. I was going to pop out and shoot my shot. I may not shoot the three, but if, if, if I was playing in this era, I'd probably shoot a lot more threes than I did uh, in my era. Um, I can remember coming uh, when I first started and I used to shoot a lot of uh, jump shots. Everybody's like, you're supposed to be a back to the basket guy. Why are you shooting, you know, back to the uh, face up shots? But I just think that my belief in my athleticism and my work ethic, I, I think I'd be dominant in this era as well. So you were trying to become the original stretch five at that point, And all those haters <laughs> were keeping you with your back to the basket. They tried, they tried, but you know, I snuck out there a few times. <laughs> so Patrick, you, you and I are the, the same era. I was a freshman at Notre Dame when you were a, a freshman at Georgetown and, and take, take us back. Cause I, I love this. So I'll, you, as a freshman starting, you lead your team to the NCAA championship game against North Carolina. And I, and I believe not only was their first shot you got called for goaltending, but five goaltendings, I believe, in the first <laughs> half of that game. And and from what I understand, that was planned. Was it not for you to do that? Yeah, first of all, you know, I, every every time I see Michael, he rubs it in my face that I was never able to beat him, both <laughs> in college or or in the NBA, and it's ironic now I'm here working for a team that he's a part owner of. Um, and, you know, my, yes, Coach Thompson told me, anything that comes to the paint, your job is to erase 
erase it. So anything that came to the to the paint, that was my job to erase it. Even though I thought that, which I tell everybody that, you know, I think the the rest really wanted Dean to win his first one. <laughs> <laughs> there it we was, go. Send that send that clip to Michael Jordan. Mike, it was yes, a, Mike, it, yes. it was amazing watching that. I mean, just goaltending after goaltending. It was like nothing was going to go into the net. It was phenomenal. Listen, if I could live that far above the above <laughs> yeah. the rim, I would have too. I operated a little closer to the earth on all this. You mentioned uh, Michael Jordan, and obviously, you know, the the sale of that team, the thing still going through. He's going to make a lot of money off that, which is great for him. It mm -hmm. seems like he needs even more of that but yeah. uh, you mentioned seeing him around the building him ribbing you a little bit is he still the kind of guy that when you see him around the building is trying to get you out on the court we hear all the time about how hyper competitive he still is have you seen that at all since being back in the building in charlotte oh he's definitely um one of the most competitive persons that i've that i've known um he has not tried to get me out on the basketball court because those days are, are long gone for me now i just teach uh, I'm still competitive, but I, I'm not going to try to hurt myself, try to get back out on the floor. But no, he's definitely one of the the most competitive person. Still is one of the most competitive person that I that I've met, and um, he's he's a great owner. Uh, he's a good friend, a great friend, and you know um, I'm happy for him that he was able to uh, get the sale that he wanted. And the new owners, uh, they have been nothing but spectacular since they since they've taken over. And talk about the teaching aspect aspect that you just said, because you said when you got in the league, you were playing against men. You know, right. now they're, they're a lot younger. So talk about that. Talk about teaching these younger players kind of the game of basketball of today. Yeah, you know, um, to me, uh, being a coach is like being a parent. Being a parent is, is a coach. You're trying to develop into uh, – to instill instill all the knowledge that I've learned in all these years of not if playing, not only playing, but also coaching and trying to help them to be the best version of themselves that, that they can be. Uh, talk to them in, uh, about the things that I had to endure uh, to get to be the level that I, that I got to. Um, talking to them about, you know, knowing your body, learning your body, you know, getting enough sleep, getting enough fuel to uh, food to, to fuel that body. But all of those things goes into uh, teaching these kids how to be the, the the best player that they can be. How many of the current players in the building? You mentioned how young they are. Know you more as Patrick Chewing. Your... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, they have not brought that one up. I think they know me more from Space Jams than, than <laughs> my my Snicker commercial. Um, but yeah. Uh, you you got me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Space Jam too. We always yeah. talk about how different and big the world of pop culture is relative to even the world of sports. That movie, kind of the crossover version of that, is that the first thing that most a lot of people bring up? You know, I'm sure around New York, it's obviously very different, right. or back around your alma mater. But I, I'd imagine that gets brought up to you as much or more than anything. Oh, a lot, a lot. I'll be walking through the airport, for, and if they're not New Yorkers, then you know, oh. <laughs> I loved you in Space Jam. I think the first Space Jam is better than the second. Uh, but no, you know they definitely bring that up uh, a significant amount when they when I when I'm when people see me walking through the airport. So would you? Which would you choose? Back in Georgetown, the the high tight shorts, or in New York when you got to wear some of the baggy shorts? Well, you know, back then, in, in, at, I was a young man at, at Georgetown. You know, I had some great legs. <laughs> so, I think, and and you know, like you, you were talking about earlier, things come in full circle. 
So in college, it was the, the tight uh, short shorts. Now it's, and then it went to the baggy shorts. Now it's going back the other way. All these guys, these kids, went, they love these short shorts uh, again. We only got about a minute left, Patrick. <laughs> what is the strangest thing that you've seen the players in this day and age liking or obsessing over that you just could never have thought of when you were playing the game? Uh, all these kids and everyone in this day, Instagram, Twitter, all these things, uh, you know, I wouldn't dream of all the things that they do and watch on on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, you know, that's that's the way of the world now. Have any of them asked you to be in a TikTok yet? No, my daughters do. <laughs> they, they always trying to get I'm like no if you don't turn that camera off we're gonna have a problem yeah <laughs> it, it, listen the player players would have their phone on the floor if they could while they were playing it's just amazing oh my yeah. god all right so we're not gonna see Patrick Ewing anytime in a TikTok here soon <laughs> no, but glad we got I to see not. him <laughs> we'll keep our eyes out here on yes the we will Patrick thank you so much for the time this morning we really appreciate it enjoy the season and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon I'm looking forward to that and I appreciate that Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Listen, the Patrick Chewing commercial was a staple yeah. of oh. my young adult life here. Getting dunked on by Patrick Chewing would have been an honor. Doing that and Space Jam. But I, I love seeing the players back in, in that era coaching players of today because the game certainly is different. And as he said, you know, you just you have to adapt to the game of today. Well, I mean, God, he was coaching college kids, so yeah. this has to feel like a... Now, you've got you know, kids that age who are now also millionaires, which is exactly. a different set right. of uh, right. things that come up all together. But uh, having to coach college kids, I'm sure an eye-opening experience in all of this for the great Patrick Ewing. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends, the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help? Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. All right, All we've right, got, we've some, got news some news now. now. Is there one here in there? Echo? Yeah. Yeah, we're hearing that echo too. We're hearing that echo. I didn't know if that, know was, that was me screwing, screwing something, something up. up. You sound like you're inside of a like a well. Yeah, right I gotta now. mute my Zoom. Worried about there it. That was go. on me. 
That was oh, on wow. me. You I'll were, take it. You were I'll getting take ready it. to throw the producers. And no, the I was not. No, bus, I was not. You? I have I have to be able to let people know why I look a little discombobulated because my brain is not strong enough to when I'm hearing myself like in my ear and still yeah. communicate with you guys. Because I'm Can sitting. I say this: your brain might have been discombobulated. You look great right now, Emerson. Like the beards on this show yeah. are absolutely yeah. lethal. You look for you're smoldering, buddy. Yeah, there is. Uh, there are reports that I look like huge. Jackman, especially with my shirt off, Michael. Ooh. Oh, okay. oh wow, wow. Whoa, What's the claws out there, big pop? Yeah, oh, yeah, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. There are also reports now that Will Levis appears hey, likely hey, to hey, make hey. his NFL debut on Sunday. Guys, Titans have been super busy, right? They shipped off buyers to Philadelphia, which, by the way, find somebody who, like, pumps you up Builds you up, builds you up like the Titans do with the Eagles. Titans, I can confirm, Philadelphia Eagles fans. So the Titans here preparing for Levis to start Sunday against the Falcons with starter Ryan Tannehill dealing with an ankle injury. That's according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Yeah? Yeah, Trade so that. they said that they said that Ryan Tannehill no longer has like any assistance in walking, so he's getting closer. And we saw it did it was so fascinating with this situation. Malik Willis, we saw in the preseason look a lot better than he had in right. prior years, felt like he had made some progress. But then when Ryan Tannehill got injured and he went into the game, it was a bunch of red zone sacks. Awesome. He was a guy that still looked like the game was a little too sped up for him. And we all wondered when they were finally going to break glass on Will Levis, a guy who everyone thought was going to get picked a lot sooner than he did in the draft coming out of Kentucky. And now we're going to get a look at that as the Titans appear at a crossroad. Emerson mentioned Kevin Byard now heading up to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Titans farm system for Philadelphia appears robust still, Dad. Has Howie Roseman or Howie excuse me, Yeah, Howie Roseman taken yep. over for Bill Belichick as the NFL figure most people trust anytime they de see a decision to know it's going to be a good one because right now he seems to be batting a thousand in recent years. Yeah, he does. Listen, he's he's hitting it on on his draft picks. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, so you kind of look at, at direction he's going, and and I just just in covering the Eagles in the Miami game, the the secondary for Philadelphia outside of a couple guys being out, but guys that are playing that are playing injured, they have been decimated. With injuries, so getting Byard in there, I think is a is a bit is a good move for them, but it it also leads to where where is Tennessee going here? And, and when I say where is Tennessee going, I'm thinking of their big guy. Do they trade Derrick Henry? Is he a guy? You know, is it the last year of his deal, right? Um, so do you get something for him now and kind of start to rebuild as the Will Levis era may be starting here? Or do you you starting over right now? And is King Henry? Would, uh, would would he be on his way? Yeah, I think that one goes to who do you think would be in need enough to want to spend on a running back giving up any sort of capital during the season right now. The Buffalo Bills immediately jumped to mind as a team in contention who could certainly use some help in their running game. Not necessarily a run scheme overall that you would associate with Derrick Henry, but I'm pretty confident in him making most things work. Yeah, well, especially, Mike, you know when he gets to the playoffs, is you can start to get that running game to control the ball. If you start to play in some cold weather and can run the ball, that's huge. So I, I'm really really going to be interested uh, if, if this if someone would do that and be a rental for this year and then you know maybe sign him or what happens after this year with him because we know the running back you know salaries are not great. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but this guy 
in the playoffs, what a running attack can do in the playoffs is huge. So you really, really wonder if this is a guy that will be on the move. God, I'm trying to look at The Ravens as a spot for Derrick Henry? Boy, let me tell you what. Just aesthetically, getting Derrick Henry wearing Ravens purple and black with that murdered out visor would be one of the coolest things that could happen to the NFL. That is a team. Now, uh, Gus Edwards has done pretty well for them, but their running back room has traditionally over the last couple of years been pretty banged up. And so while they've got him and Justice Hill back there, dead, that would be the coolest outcome. And for Derrick Henry, how awesome to be. They've been a playoff team since he's been in Tennessee, largely because of his doing. They were the one seed a couple of years ago, which seems like an eternity ago. But I would root hard for Derrick Henry to be in a Baltimore Ravens jersey. He would be the he would be in the team picture of guys that remember the days in high school who you wanted to send your your biggest strongest guy first off the bus, you know, to, to You put him on the you, media guide. I mean, you just watch him, you know, give him a tight little t-shirt and walk off the bus, man, and just be like, yeah, this is our running back. Yeah, this is the guy that's going to be carrying the ball you're going to be trying to tackle. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy now when he runs that you know it's going through everybody's mind when, especially when he's running outside. I got to watch out for a stiff arm. I have to juke his stiff arm. I can't get stiff armed by him because I am just going to end up on the other side of a poster or a top 10 highlight that guys are actually thinking about that when they're going to tackle him. Because I mean, you look terrifying. at you look at the rushing yard number, and I believe Baltimore's second in the league in rushing yards, but they plummet to 21 in the league if you take away Lamar Jackson's near 400 yards on the ground at this point. Yeah, he'd be incredible. I mean, listen, if, if my God, it'd be so interesting, and I don't know why I just thought of this, or even if it's feasible or what. But Minnesota, we're talking about an interesting juncture where they're in the last year of Kirk Cousins. They're a team that. After this week, people are going to start to wonder what the future of their season looks like. The trade deadline coming up next week complicates this a little bit because you'd have to make this decision now. Uh, but they'd be a fascinating one if that season had gone off the rails. Dalvin Cook, they let walk this offseason. He gets out of there. Um, you know, Alexander Madison been doing pretty well in that room. So we'll wait and see what happens with Derrick Henry. It's going to be very, very interesting. Dad, do you think ultimately by the time we get to trade deadlines Halloween next week, do you think Derrick Henry is still a member of the Titans after that date? I actually do. Um, I, I still get kind of by the football trade deadline, even though we saw McCaffrey and we saw Hawkinson, you know, what they've done for their new teams, even right after the trade. It's still a day that I don't usually think a ton happens, but maybe more. I'll say no, though. To answer your question, I'll say no. I'll say no, too. I I think ultimately he's still such a part of the identity of that team. And as you're getting ready to go through a change, right? Mike Vrabel's not going to be going anywhere. He's still going to be the head coach of your team. You're trying now to figure out. You're at the portion of your season that's now the experiment. You're trying to figure out exactly what you bought in Will Levis and what you're going to get. And, Dad, among the sea of young quarterbacks that we've had hit the field so far this season, Anthony Richardson for the Colts now on IR for the rest of the year. I saw yesterday he had successful surgery, so congratulations, and we wish him a speedy recovery from that shoulder injury. We've seen Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers struggle mightily because of a lack of weapons, and we've seen uh, C.J. Stroud thrive amidst the Houston Texans turnaround this season. 
I think Will Levis is unfortunately going to be closer to the Bryce Young side of things. There just aren't a ton of weapons in that Tennessee offense. They've been revamping their offensive line this season, and he's a guy that's much closer to the Anthony Richards side of things, Richardson side of things in terms of development needed at this level. He had the great junior season under Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator that was a part of that McVay-Shanahan coaching tree in the NFL that was his OC that got the best out of him in that year at Kentucky. But I think, you know, the processing speed, doing things in real time, he's a guy that's a viable threat with his legs, but not as overall athletic as Anthony Richardson. So there's some limitations at this level that I'm interested to see him work through. Well, listen, his best friend's going to be Derrick Henry. I mean, without a doubt is you're going to need that successful running game because if he can run any kind of play action off of it and buy himself an extra half a second to a second, that's only going to help him. So that's how they're going to have to work that one because you're right. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is there. He leads them in receptions. But at this point, it's not the DeAndre Hopkins we're used to seeing. So they they do not overall, I agree with you, have that receiving core that's really going to help him out. That's why he's gonna they're going to lean on that running game and play action and probably short passes if anyone can certainly make the best out of the situation it is Mike Vrabel he's the NFL's MacGyver he has stepped up into that mantle of Mike Tomlin and somehow always finding his way into the postseason so I'm going to be fascinated how he plays this right now Will Levis tough gritty kid uh, I'm sure going to go out and give everything in that regard but uh, now begins the portion of the season we've been wondering when it was going to happen for the Tennessee Titans and when is right now as Will Levis is going to get set to be the starter this weekend. Coming up next, though, we got to get to a list right now. The Cheesecake Factory got slandered last week on this show. <laughs> and more have joined the ranks next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Latia here holding it down in the DraftKings studio. And we got to get to this damn list. So I forget if it was last week or the week before, we had the viral TikTok video of a woman shaming a man that she was going out on a date with because he took her to the Cheesecake Factory. Now, right. since then, we learned that that wasn't the actual place they were supposed to go on a date and that she had made them late for the original date. And so Guy had to pivot on the fly. 
But in general, it sparked this debate over what was kosher for a first date setting. And we all rushed to the defense of the Cheesecake Factory because despite their menu that's longer than most NFL offensive coordinator call sheets, it's still a wonderful and fertile ground for love, for friendship, for all the above. Apparently, a group of women came together to put together a list of places that women absolutely refuse to go on a first date to and Mm-mm. put it out on the internet. Now, as you can imagine, coming off this controversy, the Cheesecake Factory is the headliner on this list. But, Dad, I want to read you a few of the other highlights on this. Okay. Get your reaction and then okay. actually get to the few places on this list that I agree would be a terrible first date option here. They've got number one, the Cheesecake Factory. Number two, Applebee's. Number three, Chili's. Number four, Chipotle. Number five, the Olive Garden. And then we start to get to more interesting ones. Right. Number six is the movies. Number seven is your house. Mm. We go down to number 15, the gym. Number 16, church. 19, ice cream dates. 21, movie night. 22, somewhere that requires a long drive. And this one, to me, one of the more baseless slanderings. Bowling at 23, getting caught up in all this. Dad, you're obviously someone who is, you know, 30 plus years into a successful first date turned into a lifelong marriage. When you see this list, remembering back to when you were in the game, trying to take a young lady out there and be chivalrous here. Do you actually agree that there's some credence to this list and the idea that certain so, places aren't a good choice for a first So date? a lot of it is is your resources, right? I mean, I, I, I okay, in high school, I, I didn't go out on a lot of dates, but I, I was basically Loser. a lifeguard. When I first became a lifeguard at 16, I made $2.34 an hour. I mean, so it's not like I had a lot of money. And at Notre Dame, uh, no NIL. You know, my parent, if, if we didn't have scholarships, we wouldn't have been going to Notre Dame. So I think a lot has to do with your resources. I, I would agree on like fast food places that that probably but I'm not going to I'm not going to completely say no, because, again, if your means don't let you go to a highfalutin place, so then so be it. I want to say this. I want to make all things equal when it comes to means because I think we understand that as the caveat that obviously everybody's financial situation is different and that should not preclude you from finding love or experiencing joy and you can make plenty of great memories on a budget. There is no doubt about that. But for the sake of this argument, Emerson, okay. I want to I want to make finances a thing that's equal in this situation and go forward okay. from there. You are also a successfully married man here and much more recently, so I'm curious what you think about this. About the list. Yeah, well, immediately, my first date with Meg was number seven on this list, which was my house, which was my apartment. Back in, (laughs) yeah, dude, you know what I did? I said, you want to come over, and we put on the movie Wall-E, okay? Very emotional, it's great, and we made homemade pizzas, right? It was excellent, and it worked out. Everything well, worked out. Because a movie is usually not a place to go because you can't talk. But if the movie nope. is at your house, bingo, you baby. Can, yeah. Pop in the that's DVD, really, smell the pizzas. Really good. Yeah, that's, that's a the good thing first is, date. I think that this list, when it says your house, 
it really does sleep on the fact that I feel like one of the best date things you can do mm-hmm. is either cook for that person or yes. cook together. A little yep. shared activity. Everybody loves getting in the kitchen. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people love that. So, Emerson, good on you. Thank that, you. That is good on you. And, and, and I have to think, and remember, this is a first date, so how much do you know about a person? Like yeah. the gym, you would have to know. And nowadays, everybody has a profile on whatever. You know, you, you both are into lifting. Then I could see a gym. Both <laughs> no, lifting. dude, could, you still don't do it. I can't. I can't see the gym. That's actually uh, one of the ones on I this can't list that I agree. Oh, I agree. First date idea. I'm is going with you. to the gym. We're, Even if you're both into that, yep. at the gym, it's not like you're. Do- Let's put it this way: If you're the kind of person that would in theory, like a gym date, you're probably about your business when you go into the gym. And the number one thing that bothers people that are about their business when they go into the gym is people standing and talking and bogarting machines by having conversations or flipping through their phone instead of getting to the action. That seems like an L to me. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. It would not be the gym at all. The great thing about your mother, Mike, is if it was around at Notre Dame, she would have gone and we would have enjoyed the Waffle House. I mean, without even the blink of an eye. We would have enjoyed the Waffle House. We would have enjoyed IHOP. Let me ask you both this. Say it's a restaurant, okay? You take okay. them out to dinner somewhere. I, and, and I have zero issue with Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, Chili's. Ten. Those are fine. These women that made this list, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the dating scene today because, oh, my God. I mean, it, it, some of these are f- f- places are just fine. Now, you're at a food place. The bill comes. The expectation is you're going to pay for it. Can you pull out a gift card? On a date, I think so. It's again, they're, a, a yeah, coupon, they're being taken care a of. Gift card. I got a coupon for ten percent off, or I got a gift <laughs> card. No, that's different. You're not going to Bed Bath Beyond using like the traditional twenty percent off thing. Like, well, it, it, I mean, what you know, hey man, what, what, can you do that? What, what, what does yes, that look like? So absolutely, place. I think so. You can really okay. So I here's think, here's how so. you do it. You have your credit card and you have it stacked on top of the gift card because typically you can't really tip on the gift card. So you're trying you still to want hide to tip. it then. Bingo. So, so, you, so you're oh. trying to you're trying to disguise the coupon yes. the way you would hide condoms coming out of CVS under a bunch of oh, magazines. Okay, you've got so always an old lady at the checkout counter. It's always <laughs> an old lady. With I'm you doing saying that. I'm saying you don't hide it. I'm saying you proudly display. Here is my gift card for this, you know, IHOP combo right. breakfast, you know? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think, Dad, you know what? To your point there, and all of this, all of the ideas around this dating thing is about trying to find information. You're like a coordinator in a football game, throwing jabs early on, trying to see what your opponent's going to give you. And that gift card would be a good way of, all right, are we together on this? And, you know, is this a woman that would stand a frugal king? Are we going to both approach this saying, yeah, of course, if I've got the means to save money on this, why wouldn't I? Just like I had the initial reaction, I thought church would be a bad first date. Because yeah. a lot like a movie, you don't really get a ton of chance for interaction. Brandon pointed out that the church that I would go to in a white church might be a little bit different than going to a different church on that and the experience that we both have in that. But at the same time, Emerson, you brought up, you could learn a lot about someone there. How do they approach it? Are they someone that sings in mass? Are they dialed in right now? Yeah. Are they talking? Are they looking at their phone? You could get a lot of information about that situation. I still don't think it's a good first date, but I think all of these viewed through the lens of what am I going to learn about my prospective partner at this date? The coupon works right into that. Mm-hmm. I agree. You could learn a lot about somebody in church. I- you can learn a lot about somebody at the gym. How much I- does she lift? How does she look when she is sweaty? So I want to know what you guys think is the worst one and the best one. The best one to me on this list is bowling. 
I think that's yes. awesome. I think that's an awesome hey, first You day. notice how laser tag is not on this list. Is that something you usually go to with two people or a group, though? Don't you go with usually a group? I mean, group? You, could do t- you could do two. Again, you could learn um, a lot about someone, see if they know, like, where to hide, like, you know. How to they, shoot? Do you want to know mean, if they know how to take, shoot? Take down the little 12-year-olds. I'm looking for a life partner who can be a ready and valuable asset during the impending zombie apocalypse. And what better place to learn that than in a dark, clouded laser tag arena? Everything, when I stayed at Mike's place when I was doing a game out there, and I'm doing it again, everything around his house was about the friggin' apocalypse. So quickly, which thing on this list are you you completely agree with that said, no way a first date? Would I go to this? I've never I been to a hookah bar, so I have no I idea. I was going to say, I wouldn't go to a hookah bar because every time I've gone, I've regretted it the next day. So I always smell terrible <laughs> yeah. and feel worse. So yeah. I'd be out on that one. Okay. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do a nightclub. I'm just not a nightclub person. If you're, you I'm wanna, not either. I, like, I agree. Too loud. My ears yeah. hurt. Whatever. But like yeah. big picture, guys, if this, if this is her list, I'm sorry. She just doesn't like you. Yeah, that is true. I mean. At some point, and it's all about presentation here, everybody. I understand the idea, and Jesse brought this up when she was on with us. It's about the effort you're putting into this. You can still have the end goal be getting yourself to a Red Lobster, but the presentation and the effort you put into that before you get to those Cheddar Bay Biscuits, oh. that is the real secret. <laughs> so good, here, ladies yes. and gentlemen. You can yes. find love in a Waffle House place. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazia here. Uh, we are going to finish off the day with this, that, and the third, the way we always do. Three quick stories to send you off into your day. But as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, and leave us that five-star rating. And if you missed any of our wonderful guests, we had a Wilder Wednesday in the first hour of the show. Our great friend Charlotte Wilder. Make sure you download and check out Oddball with her and Amin El Hassan. We had Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach in the Missouri Tigers right now, 7-1, second place in the SEC East, out here balling. Talk to him about all the sign stealing going on in college football as well. And then Patrick Chewing, a.k.a. Patrick <laughs> Chewing, came over and dunked on us uh, also. If you missed any of that, available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check it out on the DraftKings YouTube channel right here after the show is done at 10 o'clock Eastern. Guys, let's get to this, that, and the third. And let's start off with a very important update. We talked about on this show, Christopher Mad Dog Russo went on air the other day and said that if the Diamondbacks won two straight against the Phillies, he would retire. And obviously, we all assumed that he was going to balk on that. And sure enough, he did. And instead, went on the Howard Stern show and announced that instead of retiring, so tell me what you guys think about this, Dad. Instead of retiring, Mad Dog is going to wear a Diamondbacks bikini Walk through the streets of New York wearing a sign that says liar and dope. So they're essentially going to give him the Game of Thrones shame treatment. Yeah. Well, didn't you do this? Didn't you have to walk with a sign in Chicago? I did, but not in a bikini. So that seems to be. But yes, I had to go wear a sign on a street corner when I lost a bet to my friend uh, Kelsey. So yes, that did happen. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it should have been in the first place. I mean, nobody knew, everybody knew he wasn't going to retire. That's why I said you get the ones that say, I'll walk from city to city or I'll wear a sign or do something stupid like that. That's, this is more along the lines of, of something you would expect. I would never make a bet like this or do this. I mean, I did this once <laughs> to the, no, I you said, would never na- make, no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I you said, would never na- make a bet like this. Yeah. Hold it. I said, now I wouldn't. The Kim okay. Kardashian lookalike photo was years ago. Now I wouldn't be doing it. So you were a grown like ass man then and did it. And now that you actually are like in better shape, you wouldn't do it. That's what you're telling us. 
That's a good point. This is still a sign of growth. That this is, is true. Still a look, sign don't of growth. get me wrong. I'm happy that you would yeah. do this. I just wish you also would have thought about that back yeah. then because it still haunts me to this well, day. I didn't so. think it would happen. I didn't think Northwest would be Notre Dame, and Doggy didn't think that, uh, you know, Arizona. Nobody did. We all thought Phillies were going to win that one. How many gummies do you think Mad Dog's going to take Emerson before he gets in this bikini and walks out into the street? Yeah, it's going to be one of those where it's like I don't think these edibles are really working, and yeah, then it's like I'd twenty minutes. Blind. Twenty minutes later, he's like yeah. pulling the string on the top of his bikini. Oh, like it's oh, hot. You like what you see here, boys? Oh, no, 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 oh. no, no. You know what? Uh, sexy Mad Dog uh, is not something that I had hey, as a character being what? unlocked going into today, but here we are. What a way to grab the headlines, though, right? Uh, they say don't make yourself the story, but that, but every now and then you make yourself the story, and you're going to get a whole lot of clicks. Now, this is just, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. He shouldn't have said he was going to retire if he wasn't going to yeah, do it. Yeah. That's it. He went like, too far with that. He I did. That. It's yeah. like, come on. Yes, you yeah. nailed it. Just go ahead and say, yeah, yeah. I'll stand yeah. naked we, we all, like a bow. Yeah, we all know you're not going to retire. Why? As soon as, as, soon as you said it, we knew that wasn't true. Yeah. Give us something we could, we could hang on to uh, that we could look forward to because we knew it wasn't going to be your retirement. Totally. still campaign for McRib protocol. More people <laughs> need to retire, take a healthy hiatus, and then announce their return at a specific date for a limited time only and then bring it back full time. It is a tried and true tactic we've watched fast food restaurants do forever. Athletes have even emulated it to some extent, and I believe that sports talk media pundits can also bring a part of the McRib protocol into their lifestyle. Speaking of stuff going on in New York, Emerson, let's get to that. Uh, we've got the rare good thing happened yeah. on the Long Island Railroad? So how about this? So rail workers in New York were able to reunite a relieved passenger with her lost backpack containing $12,000 in cash. Julie Barton said that she boarded a Long Island Railroad train, transferred trains, and eventually arrived at her destination when she realized she no longer had the bag containing her cash. Well, I, I mean, the first thing you think about is she's relieved because, you know, her, her drug runner's not going to, you know. I was yeah. going to say, like, yeah, I mean, so twelve grand in cash yeah. to raid her home now? Yeah, I mean, seriously. She's what like, whoo, I could deliver the drug money. I mean, I uh, so what would you do? So what would you do if you find a bag with a bunch of cash, like $12,000? I'd yeah. find the, the owner and I'd say, here's your, your bag. And I, and there was $5,000 in it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, like, what's, what's the most you would keep without finding yeah. the owner yeah. here? Again, we just said the quiet part loud. Yes. If someone's got a backpack with $12,000 in cash, yes. they're getting the you whole know what back. problems I don't want. Yeah are from the person who's got 12 grand yep. in cash on their person because walking around without that kind of fear yep. or out of necessity of carrying that kind of cash means you're connected to some things that yep. I potentially don't want to find or out about. So, no, I would um, hand back every cent of that. I might even kick in a few more dollars for their trouble. Hell, I'll get on their good side. I'm keeping it. I don't care how much is in the bag. I'm keeping it. Really? I am dead wow. serious. Yes, I'm because, keeping because it. Because then Especially all cash. of a sudden, the, the, the cameras that are everywhere will find it and they'll see that you got it and the person that that person's connected now, to will find out that you have it then all of a sudden you're looking over your shoulder no what i what i would do i would double check and make sure there's not like a tracker in there or anything because yeah then they'll come to but my the house cameras, they'll steal my dogs no the Emerson, cameras cameras everywhere they're gonna see you no dude not on the streets of new york bro all right I really? Just, oh, really yeah i could i okay. could blend in i blend in a lot of people with backpacks bud
Wow. I just want to know what Michigan football opponent Julie Barton was on her way to scout with all this money <laughs> that she had gotten from Connor Stallions. <laughs> How many Michigan football tickets can $12,000 in cash buy? See, that would be having ha- – if Connor Stallions had had people muling money to buy these tickets in person with burner phones, I would have a lot more faith in the Marines based on the showing that they've yeah. had during this ordeal – Need to be better at covering up if you're going to do the crimes like this. Connor Stallions in Michigan got lazy. Thankfully, the Good Samaritan on board the Long Island Railroad didn't f- think like Emerson and uh, pocket that cash. So yeah, because I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you. I, I'm not. I'm not dealing with those problems. No, nope, we're not dealing nope, with nope. those cowards. Um, yep. Emerson, let's get to the third and celebrate uh, yep. one of the best good boys. Of good old times. Bobby, the world's wow. oldest and possibly luckiest known dog, has died. He was 31. So 31. Guinness World Records reporting Bobby, who lived with his human family in the rural village of, I don't know, somewhere in per- Portugal, died over the weekend. The family's home about 93 miles north of of Lisbon, the country's capital. So he was a purebred yeah. Rifero do Alentejo. I have not heard of this type of dog it's, before. It's a farm and watchdog breed known for its confidence and calm demeanor per the American Kennel Club, just like pugs is what I'm told. Oh, there you yes. go. Oh just my like God, speaking the devil. to live forever and never die because if he does, I will throw myself into trash. So here's the thing. Bobby was born May 11th, 1992. Mike, and I'm talking junior here, you were two years, seven months, and 13 days old when this dog was wow. born. Yeah, that dog is my peer. Honestly, the fact that science is focused on so many things and Congress is always worried about college football and we haven't been spending all of our resources on making dogs yeah. live forever. Because I understand this idea that endings give life meaning and all those things that we do to try and you know basically make ourselves feel better about the fact that we're all going to die at some point. That shouldn't apply to dogs. They should no. have to deal with that. It should be dogs living for as long as yes. we can physically make it happen. I, I, you know, this is this is Hank here. Hank is going to be 13 in December, <laughs> and and he, he's doing great. But but the greatest them. line I've ever heard is, you know, dogs are a part. You know, are with us for a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. We're with dogs for their entire lives. You know, and God, I I don't want to know people that don't. <laughs> he love looked dogs, at you so. when you said that. Uh, that was I mean, freaking beautiful. Yeah, I mean. Hank I'm going to tell you his head just moved like that. Hank can't see a damn thing. <laughs> he's like, who's he's holding me? Those eyes, but I don't think either of them work <laughs> yeah. right now. He's only but he's short. the man. Yeah, he's just hanging out right there. Hank's a real yeah. good dude. Hank, yeah. but like, hey, to, uh, Harry yeah. and Ted off study, yeah. study Bobby's DNA. I'm dead serious. Like, study it, and if I could get my dog to live three decades, let's oh. freaking go, man. Yes. Would be the best thing ever. Amen, oh. dude. And Bobby looked good up until the day he passed. He did. He did. He, did. Oh. he looked good. Yeah, the pictures of Bobby are really heartwarming there, but we need the Bobby the Dog Super Serum to give to the rest of the dogging community. Because a dog making it long enough to start to have anxiety and social dread is exactly what we need. Thanks so much. Hug your dog. We'll talk to you tomorrow.